Welcome to Heirloom Meals with Carol Murko. Carol will walk you down a food memory lane with new guests each week, sharing stories about treasured family recipes, stories, tips, and more. Savoring yesterday's tradition, Carol is a culinary artist who learned how to cook by observing her mother and grandmother since the age of three. Throughout her life, Carol has emulated their passion for entertaining, cooking, and feeding friends and family. I'm Carol Murko, and this is Heirloom Meals Radio, a show about treasured family recipes, stories, and tips savoring yesterday's traditions today. We record from the Heirloom Meals Kitchen in Stockbridge, Massachusetts in the Berkshire Hills of Western Mass. I don't know about you, but I have not spoken to or met a single person that doesn't have a vivid food memory or who doesn't get nostalgic about a meal, a particular dish, or the process of making a meal with their mom, dad, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, or special family friend. Through each of my guests, I want to take you back to those memories. And if you were with us last week, you will know that this is part two of a a three-part series with Anna Fabiano. Last week, Anna and I shared um, her amazing background and told stories of the region and its winemakers. This week, we are delving into the actual wines themselves. You can find last week's interview on heirloommeals.com if you missed it. We are going to discuss refreshing sips with Rioja, Blanco, Rosados, and a young Rioja. I'll let Anna jump in here as she is the expert, and I can definitely tell you that I am not, but I do enjoy the wine. I am truly the consumer and the cook. So let's Mm -hmm. welcome Anna back and spend a few minutes reacquainting ourselves with Rioja and then a discussion of these three wines and some ideal food pairings. So in case um, some of our listeners are, you know, weren't uh, on, on, you know, didn't hear the show last week, and uh, so let's give them a quick tutorial on Rioja before we get into the into the wines. <laughs> Anna. Well, Rioja is it's wonderful to be back, uh, Carol, and thank you for having me back oh, again. Gosh. Rioja is one of the really five greatest red wine regions in the world now, and uh, a region that's steeped really in, in ancient, classic, and modern history located in northern Spain, and really still one of the regions of the world that is really in the hands of the people. Um, It's it's a place where the growers and the winemakers have had often many, many generations. And we are a region that is principally known for producing our red wines, and our red wines do compose over 90% of our production. But we also have this just wonderful little niche categories of our white wines and our rosé wines, too. Um, so that's really nice that we're able to explore that uh, at this time. These are wonderful wines that could be enjoyed in any season, but, you know, you tend to think of them a little bit more in, in warm weather times. Oh, definitely. And um, just the refreshing and uh, really light is what my experience with them have, have been. And I'm, like I said, I'm the consumer and the cook, not the expert. So <laughs> well, that's the fun part, right? <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best side of the coin to be on. That's so. right. That's right. And um, so it is so funny because I, you know, I do, I totally do enjoy wine and, um, and have gone to some wine festivals and, you know, it's just, quite an experience when you're you're kind of running around and you're sipping and you're tasting and um and you know by the end I'm like I don't remember anything I've had and I want 
to go back and figure out which ones I liked. And I realized that the really, really smart people have like a little book, you know, they're writing stuff down. And I'm like, next time I'm going to bring, bring a little notebook. Um, <laughs> but um, so anyway, we're going we're, we're gonna to keep this simple for the listeners. Um, you know, it's not going to be like being at a giant wine festival. We're only going to do three refreshing sips with Rioja. And um, so let's start with um, the, the white, right? So the Blanco. So talk to me about yeah. that because the Rioja wine region is the red wine region. So how do you slip a white one in? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just, just, to, um, just to respond to what you said, Carol, often the best notes are what happens on your palate. Yes. And the memory that you take back from there. Um, that's, so being on the, the cook and the consumer side is, is, really, is really the best because it's that sensorial experience that is, is your biggest takeaway. But the, the first wine that we're tasting today is it's just a beauty. It's just really a beauty. And in my book, The Wine Region of Rioja, which is the first book by a U.S. publisher on the wine region, I feature five great men of Rioja and five great women. There's many, many more, but these are professionals that have crossed my path um, in the past 25 years. And, and one of them is Alvaro Palacio, who's the winemaker. That's from right. Bodega Palacios Ramondo. And Palacios Ramondo is located in our subzone of Rioja Baja, and it's an area that accounts for a very large percentage of our vines. And Rioja is, is a small, big place in that it's only 70 miles long and 30 miles wide, but it's so bountiful in its terroir, its diversity. You can drive 15 minutes between the Rioja Alta and then get into one of the, the Letza Valley where the expanse of the land looks like the Grand Canyon. It's really, it's, it's quite amazing um, how you can get this, variation uh, in the landscape in such a small place that is really inside a fairly large arid country. But Alvaro um, is a family member of the Bodegas Palacios family. Um, he's, you know, he's become a superstar winemaker. Um, but the beauty and the marvel about him, I think, really lies in the fact that um, despite his stardom, he's been able to just maintain this incredible um, humility uh, about him and um, this incredible sense of, of being grounded and real. You know, he was on the cover of Wine Spectator last year and the Decanter Man of the Year. But, you know, Alvaro is, is, is definitely very real, and I think that comes through in his wines, um, his alignment and his commitment to his to the land. And the Placette is, is barrel fermented in French uh, oval oak barrels. Mm -hmm. And it's from 100% Viura, which is our principal white grape variety. Uh, Rioja is a region that really maintains its integrity to its indigenous grape varieties. And our principal grape variety is the Viura. And I think he's done such an exquisite job in, in making this wine. Um, it's, it's just a rock star white Rioja. Sometimes we work with retailers and they'll tell us, you know, I have somebody coming in saying, I need a Rioja. I'm going to a party or something. I want it to be a Rioja. And our, our product offering and our whites is more limited. And this is, 
this is definitely a superstar white that um, I, I would highly recommend. Yeah, and um, it, it's quite delicious. And um, so one of the things in, you know, kind of working on the series was, you know, coming up with um, some recipes that, uh, you know, kind of paired well. And, you know, I did some research with, with your help and it seemed that um, white asparagus was something that um, that was showing up, um, you know, in this region and it would be a fabulous um, pairing with this Blanco. But, um, but I'm also, you know, seeing that um, it would really pair quite well with mushrooms. And one of my favorites, which was... Um, lobster so I mean I mean I could just so for me you know a meal of like a lobster with a roasted white asparagus with some sort of a mushroom um, kind of you know kind of saute um, with this wine is just perfect I mean would you have any other suggestions or um, yeah I would definitely um, agree with you Carol when I taste the wine earlier it's getting green apple mm. in the nose, mm-hmm. um, some little bit of lime. It has the, the finesse um, to it, you know, but it still has some texture and body. So I think any, I, I wouldn't necessarily go as, as far as a, a hearty fish, yep. but, um, you know, any a white fish, I think this would also go beautifully oh, with. probably, yep. Um, and, you know, even some... Even some cheeses, um, you know, that you can pair it with, not your hard cheeses, but if you were to do maybe a a goat cheese salad in warmer weather, Mm. um, the balance and the weight of this wine could could pair both with different salads, as as well as you said, with a lobster, Mm. with a lobster dish with asparagus. Mm. So would you say that this is, uh, you know, like a... just for people who are like going, okay, uh, a Riojan white Blanco, um, is it a Chardonnay substitute or would you say a Sauvignon Blanc or like just put it in some sort of context for my listeners? Um, I guess, you know, it, for listeners that we, we sell and we consume a lot of California white wines in this country, right? Right, right. So I think it would be definitely be more comparable to, to pursue as an alter, alternative to a Chardonnay for sure. Okay. We often have a lot of retailers that will come and uh, come to us and, and, and make that comment that they, you know, they want, they want to move into something else. Um, because it's barrel fermented, it has, of course, a little bit more body to it and weight and uh, finesse and a little bit more complexity. So in that regard, as an alternative to a Chardonnay, would make more sense than a Sauvignon Blanc, for example. Right, right, gotcha. So, um, so it's totally yummy. Um, I, you know, I'm not a big Chardonnay lover, and I really loved this wine. So, um, I don't know. It's just to me, it was it. It, it just had a. Like like I said, I can't describe wine like you can, but it just yeah, like the delicacy of the balance right. of, of finesse and elegance, but also delivering on the palate this this experience of of flavors. This wine even also has a little bit of fennel in in it, mm. um, and it, it's just beautiful. Yeah. You know, it, it's got the perfect balance of complexity 
but finesse and roundness. Right, and not it's not sweet, it's not dry. It's it's really was just you know it had a very it's clean too. I felt it was very clean. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, enjoyable, like it's refreshing. So, um, yeah. And with white wines, you're always looking for that, that balance of the fruit and the acid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Alvaro just does an exquisite job. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alvaro. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Um, and so the next wine is the Rosado. Am I saying that right? (laughs) Rosado. Yeah, the Rioja Rosado. Yeah. Rioja Rosado. Okay, which is a rosé. It is a rosé, yes. (laughs) So so let's talk about that because I, you know, I definitely think of rosés as uh, as kind of like, you know, late spring, summer kind of wines, um, you know, although they do seem to be showing up almost year round these days. I mean, I'm, not, you know, I, I'm it's not going to lie. It's very true, Carol. <laughs> you know, we have states where, you know, we, we, we call them states of endless summer, yep. such as California and Florida. And they'll say it's, you know, it's Rosado time of year all, all oh, year. Right. Um, but I, I have to be honest with you, this year, you know, I, I go around the country and we do different presentations and programs, actually, throughout North America, I go, I'm going to do a, a master's class in um, Montreal, and we were, this past year, at the Boston Wine Expo, mm. um, and we had an exhibit, and I also did a Reserva and Grand Reserva seminar there, but it was about, I don't know, 10 degrees one day on the weekend of the festival, and we had one section of Rosados, and everybody came to taste the real Rosados, <laughs> uh, even though it was only 10 or 20 degrees right, outside. Right, right. Um, so Rosado category is really one that is experiencing tremendous growth in the United States. And real Rosados, we've doubled shipments to the United States in the last few years because the wines are just on every level, they're delivering quality, they're delivering value, um, they're delivering a, a great experience in the palate. And this Muga Rosado is really one of our, our top uh, rosés in the United States. Mm. I think they often even you know, pre-sell out all their wines of other Rosado United States allocations before wow. it even gets, wow. even gets here to the United States. So... Um, they're just they're just beautiful wines, and like you said, you can you can enjoy them with food. You can enjoy them without food. They're right. standalone wines. They're patio wines. Uh, I'm I'm a flower gardener, and that's what I do to unwind or or meditate. And um, I get great pleasure to be able to go in my garden and then you know um, pick flowers and bring them into my home. And often after a day of gardening, I'll just you know, sit down on my steps with dirt under my nails and, and have a glass of a Rioja Rosado. Um, so they're, they're definitely beautiful ones to explore, and there's a lot of them throughout the United States. Which is, which is terrific. And, and, and I have to say that the, I, the Mugas are, I've actually had them before. You know, I mean, it's definitely, you know, the wine cellars that I go to seem to feature it or, and um, always, always loved it. So it was really terrific to be able to um, kind of work with this wine and think about, you know, a great food pairing. And of course, once again, I was trying to think about, you know, Spain and you know one of the typical dishes and um, and summer and and so you know I thought 
you know, the recipe that I worked with was um, a seafood paella. Um, again, you know, maybe because I'm just, you know, trying to really think about um, kind of being very attuned to where these wines are from. Um, and also, I just love paella. And, you know, I did, I actually <laughs> did spend a summer a long, 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 long time ago, um, or a month, uh, one summer, um, one of my friends was a bartending um, at a, in at a bar along the sea in Spain and um, I felt like I just ate paella, paella until it, you know I couldn't eat paella ever again but um, <laughs> and so I, I kind of worked with what I remembered those flavors and um, and I have to say that I could you know eat this paella with with this with the with the uh, rosé all day long. I mean, it's just a wonderful, refreshing combination. But what else? I mean, I think this. Um, <laughs> I think this rosé goes with everything. I mean, I think it goes yeah, with chicken. And that's, that's and correct, Carol. <laughs> I think that's why they're they're just growing. Um, the whole category itself yep. of imported rosé wines is is on fire, and they're they're growing because you know it's that that. A special place that's between a white wine and mm-hmm. between a red wine, and in many places, I think every place except Texas, um, you know, when the temperatures start to rise, uh, people just look for a lighter wine, but they also want something that has a little bit of, of depth or personality to it. Yeah. So one of the things that that I love about this this rosé is is the fact that it's got this beautiful balance of the fruit and acidity. Um, on the nose, I'm getting some white flowers mm. and just hints of strawberry. Mm. Sometimes you get a lot of bright cherry or strawberry right on the forefront of the nose. But this, this Muga Rosé always has this incredible delicacy to it. Yeah. You know, hints of strawberry, hints of violets. Um, and it's a wine that you can have alone, you know, that you could just enjoy it as an aperitif. It's a wine that would also go beautifully with any type of salads. Um, one of the beauties, too, that we also find, sometimes people don't know what to do with brunch. You know, brunch is such Yes, a, that's perfect. It's uh, an American meal. Yeah. I know when my colleagues come over from Spain, you know, they want to experience a brunch because it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's that place that you don't have in, in other nations. And... You know, with an omelette or tortillas mm. or fritadas or, or what it be, it's, it's hard. It's hard to pair eggs. And the, the rosés are really ones that go so well oh, on a brunch menu. Great and, idea. and really do work yeah. with, yeah. with those. Mm. I tend to love a Spanish tortilla. Oh, I do um, too. Which, mm. You know, which are, you know, very different, you know, yep. made in a very different way than a fritada. Right. And, you know, these, these are beautiful, beautiful brunch wines. Yeah. Oh, great, great idea. And before we move on from the, um, the, the rosé, I just wanted to just, you know, talk about the Mugads in general, because don't their genealogy charts date back to like the 16th century? So we're talking like 500 yeah, the years. The Mugads are wonderful. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you say Muga and it puts, you know, a huge smile on my face. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's, I feature five great men of real time. My book and the Muga, Jorge Muga, who's the current winemaker, is, is featured in my book. But really, the whole family is featured because it's a winery that really breathes the theme of a team: um, the, the cousins, the uncles, the brothers, the 
the whole family works um, in the Muga, in the Muga winery. And um, their genealogy chart does date back to the 16th century. And it's, uh, I find it also fascinating because it, they're, they're family of growers. But they founded the winery in 1932, which is a very difficult period in history uh, for Spain. And, uh, you know, it, it, it took a lot of passion and courage and vision to do that at that at that period of time. Wow. And um, they make just gorgeous wines all around, whether it's their white, their rosé, or their their selection of reds um, that that really are, are just wonderful. Rioja Alta wine. Terrific. If you're just joining us, I'm Carol Murko. This is Heirloom Meals Radio, radio show about treasured family recipes, stories, and tips. And you are in for such great luck with these with these next shows uh if you were with us last week you um you heard from ana fabiano who is a a spanish wine expert we um particularly the riojan region we spent um a whole interview just talking about the region and today um uh ana is back with me and we're talking about the refreshing sips with rioja and so we're t- we talked about blanco um which is a white wine um the rosé and now we're going to talk about um a young rioja so um which is really just a delicious um wine um so talk to me about like you know you know, the young versus the old, you know, or let's just, because we'll be, we'll be going into the old in our third interview. So um, let's talk about young Riojas, Anna. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things, um, I have this part of my book, Carol, um, where, I, you know, I, I really wanted the wine region of Rioja to be a voice for the people um, and for the region, because there was so very little published in English on this treasured, great red wine-producing region. And, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to separate a, the political climate of, of a nation from the culture and what's happening. It's, it's a conversation that really can't be avoided. And, you know, during the, the Franco regime in Spain, it was you know, prohibited to, to speak Catalan or Basque, um, um, or even English was not allowed to be taught in the school. So many of my contemporaries, you know, don't speak English. And so being able to be a voice for, for Rioja was, was something that was very important to me. And in that regard, we have this constellation of centenary wineries. They're, they're wineries that are over 100 years old and that have a great history of really the foundation of the region, again, in this small town of Aro, which has, well, it's not so small, it has about 10,000 inhabitants, but we call it Barrio de la Estación, which means the neighborhood of the train station, and it's where we have all of a constellation of these world-class wineries located, uh, such as Cune, Lopez de Arabia, and one of them is also this winery, mm-hmm. which is Bodegas del Baina. Yep. And this wine is actually named after one of the vineyards that is in Bodegas del Ballinas, which is Vino Saco. Uh, so it means the Zaco vineyard. And we, we had talked, um, you know, we had talked before on the other show about how Rio has done this beautiful job of, 
honoring their traditions and their heritage and being able to juxtapose that with with modern um, styles or a modern touch, so to speak. And Diego Pinilla, who's the winemaker here at Bodegas Bilbaínas, I think has done an outstanding job of doing that. Um, mm. Diego is a Spaniard, but he also studied and, and worked abroad. And he um, created this wine that is 100% monovarietal Tempranillo, mm-hmm. um, but it's a young Tempranillo. And we can see from the color also that it's got this deep, dark purple color. And on the nose, it's, it's really almost, you know, usually Tempranillo, which is our principal grape, um, has more of red fruit, but this is one that really has more black fruit on the nose. Um, really, just very rich and almost seductive in its aromatics. Definitely. And, you know, from my point and a little of- bit of spice. And mm-hmm. I'm almost getting a little bit of white pepper on the nose, too. So I think um, it's, a, it's a young red that can go... With, with a lot of different dishes. Even some of the other dishes that we're going to be doing on, on the other show are, are even interchangeable with this wine. And that's what's one of the beauties about Tempranillo is it's a great variety that has fabulous versatility. It can move with a lot of different types of foods. And we've had many chefs enamored with Rioja and wanting to work with Rioja because instead of confining them, it, it offers them just more of an expansive really cutting board to be able to, to create and work with foods with the wines. But Davinia Sacco, I, I just think this is this is really beautiful. Yeah, and what I what I found is that I thought I agree with you that it was incredibly versatile and um and just, you know, kind of doing my research and trying to figure out what to pair it with. Um, it really felt, you know, and there's two dishes that I make a lot for big events, which is um, beef bourguignon and or a um, uh, pasta bolognese, which are, you know, the dishes themselves are, you know, hearty and slightly heavy. Um, and this wine, I, I thought, goes incredibly well with them because it's just, it, 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 um, what I found is that it complemented, you know, the flavors, but it wasn't, you know, as heavy as the dishes. So it was kind of nice, I thought. Um, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful way to say it, Carol. They both sound delicious, actually. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's very true. Because of the soft tannins in this wine, mm-hmm. it wouldn't compete with the dish either. You know, if you, if you had um, uh, different grape varieties, other wines that had very rough, um, aggressive tannins, they start... You know, they can almost be offensive with the food. Right. Or, they, you know, they almost start to challenge the food. But the concentration of fruit in this wine, just hearing you speak, I can really see that with a, a pasta bolognese, how it would, how it would go, how it would pair quite, quite beautifully. Yeah, it, it was, it was very nice. It didn't over, you know, it was like, like I said, it, it was, it was really a wonderful compliment, like as opposed to just, you know, weighing it, it didn't weigh it down, right? That's kind of how I felt. Um, And I, you know, originally was going to try to work with a more traditional Spanish um, ingredient, which was octopus, but it was, I had a hard time finding octopus um, 
that I wanted to cook with that wasn't frozen. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I'm still going to attempt to do something with octopus, but um, I, I, I went back to my, my Italian roots on this one. So like, in yeah, terms of yeah, and I, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm actually, you know, inspired, inspired by what you said to be able, cause I actually, I, you know, I do enjoy bolognese and it is something that I would never, the, the soft tannins, but the concentration of fruit um, on this vino zacco really would pair so well with, with a dish like that. Yeah, so um, good. That's the good. Bodegas Bilbaínas also has another line of wines that are more their classic in honor of their centenary tradition, mm-hmm. um, named after their other vina, uh, vineyard, which is Vina Pomal. Um, so I would also encourage to, to try those. Okay, but, um, definitely. I think the uh, enology team at Bodegas Bilbaínas is fabulous, and, and Diego's done a beautiful job here of really honoring you know, our Tempranillo grape variety, um, honoring our tradition, but, you know, really dressing, you know, this wine and taking this wine into, a, you know, a modern a modern expression. Mm, mm. Well, but still very uh, identifiably real. Very. Which is really. Yeah, which is wonderful. And as, um, as, as it's scary to, to let you know that we have about a minute left. I mean, these interviews go by, like, it feels like two seconds. Um, and we... So in summary, uh, we've just had this wonderful tasting of a, a white, a rosé, and a young red. Um, and so what do you want my listeners to kind of, what's the takeaway? And um, you know, what should they be thinking about when they're going to the wine store, thinking about these Rioja wines? Uh, I think two of the most important things, Carol, are really quality you can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, Rioja is governed by a very stringent quality control regulations that the Rioja Regulatory Control Board supervises and monitors. And I think, you know, in terms of speaking of food, you see that um, often with organic food yeah. products or dairy products. And, and that's something that somebody really needs to be conscious of in terms of wine. And that it's a land where authenticity is, is one of the principal mandates of who Rioja is. Mm. Um, so those two pieces, I think, are the, the biggest point. Awesome, awesome. And so as we close, uh, this is Carol Murko of Heirloom Meals Radio. We just spent a wonderful half hour with Ana Fabiano discussing refreshing sips with Rioja wines, a red, I mean, excuse me, a white, a rosé, and a young red. And um, and next week, uh, in the third part of our three-part series, we will be delving into the, the Rioja Royal Reds. Thank you, Ana, for joining me, and thank you, listeners, for being with us for this half hour. This is Carol Murko of Heirloom Meals Radio. Heirloom Meals Radio with Carol Murko is conceived, written, and hosted by Carol, produced in cooperation with WHDDRobinHoodRadio.com. For more information on Carol and Heirloom Meals, on the web, HeirloomMeals.com, on Twitter, Twitter.com, front slash Heirloom Meals, and on Facebook, Facebook.com, front slash Heirloom Meals with Carol Murko. <laughs>